el Todos Hablamos McDonald's Deal. Porque cuando están decidiendo qué ordenar y la tía Carmen te dice... McNuggets, mijo. Y una de las hamburguesas con esa salsita. ¿Sabes? Ya tú sabes que eso significa una Big Mac. Y lo sabes porque tú también amas esa salsita. Hay un meal para cada cena familiar en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el app de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. Hey guys, <laughs> it's CJ and Rico here. We're not starting off normally because you're actually about to listen to part two of our Indiana Jones discussion where we deep dive into Shia, Sean Connery, and some independent Ew. kids. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> okay, that really did sound dirtier than I meant it. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Oh my Welcome god. Not to mention we also do talk about um a a complete awesome remake of Raiders Lost Art that only tr like hardcore film buffs know about. We yeah. talk about a nightmare that I that has plagued my life that is really directly connected to Temple of Doom. So sit tight, enjoy. You'll yeah. be, you'll laugh and cry, you'll you'll shit your pants. It's all good. <laughs> All right, enjoy. And you you talked about this earlier. Let's talk about the other huge fucking elephant the the elephant in the room, the fucking Shia. I did not have a problem with Shia LaBeouf as Indiana Jones the third or Mutt Williams or whatever the fuck he did. Right. Well, I'm glad you see it that way though, Rico, because like I know he took a lot of shit for being in that movie, and I know overall Shia is a bit of a douche, but like <laughs> I liked him in that movie, you know. I was okay with them. If he if he hadn't gotten insane and they had passed the mantle on to Shia as Indy, you know, to keep doing those movies, I kind of would have been all right with it. I, I, let me let me state this. I was a fan of Shia LaBeouf when I was a kid. He was on the Disney Channel. I mean, yeah. Holes, Holes. Whether yeah. it's a Holes is a great fucking movie. I've actually never whether seen it. Oh my god, dude! It's actually really good, my, and it's one, of, it's one but, of the most faithful book to movie adaptations I I can really think of. Like one word they got it perfectly, I would say it's a rare one. My first, um, my first exposure to him actually is there was a a short lived show on HBO called Project Greenlight that mm -hmm. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon used to produce and kind of host, but not really. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Um, and the winner of the first one was a movie called Indian, Indian Summer, I think it was called. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And Shia was cast as the main kid in that movie. I want to say Bonnie Hunt is in that. Could be. I don't remember, like, but you uh, could be. I, I, yeah. remember, I remember parts of it. I never saw it, but I, I, I remember I saw it like a documentary. About yeah, I never, I never saw it either, but I saw the... Um, uh, the show. I watched the show. 
Now, without naming names or anything like that, I dated someone who I don't really particularly trust most of what she said because she has she had lied to me. I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, but she allegedly dated Shia LaBeouf. So in a weird, for like when she told me, like I kind of had like a weird, like I can't look at a Shia LaBeouf movie again. Like was it's kind of weird. From LA? Or? Yeah. yeah. She was, she is, and I mean, I do know some of the things she told me was true. But, like she does work in the industry, but like, like she, it was, it wasn't just Shia. She told me she dated other people. That I won't say because it'll kind of narrow down who I'm sure. talking about. I probably like, still I, wouldn't know who it is. This, you don't know who you don't know who they are. They're not famous. But okay. like, I she told me, oh, I did also dated this person. I also dated this person. I'm just like, it was a kind of like, oh my god, you're kind of a star fucker without being a star fucker. But then like <laughs> she, I kind of thought she lied to me, and I think she did lie to me, and so I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's true, what's not. But for I'm telling you, for like a brief period, I was like, it was really uncomfortable for me to have people rent movies that had Shia LaBeouf in it and work because I would look at it and be like, oh my fuck, dude, I, I can't, I, I just, I feel weird knowing this, even if it's true or even if it's not true. The fact that it kind of changed my perception about the fucking guy. Right. I mean, she told me like stories about him, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I can't no, tell, I, I can't. I can't even get into that. No, that's fine. Um, I can tell you. I'll right, right, right. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing. He was... Okay, so I have to make a correction. The movie wasn't called Indian Summer. It was called The Bell Shaker Heights. No, no, I just want to... No, because I want to be correct in my... Okay. There is a movie called Indian Summer. It's just not the movie I was talking about. So Indian uh, Summer okay. is a movie. Um, Holes, believe it or not, but... He was in Dumber and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd. I know, I remember in, that. Bef- uh, the same year he was in Holes. So, well, he was in Even Stevens, the show on Disney Channel, for a long time. Uh, and Freaks well, and Geeks, apparently. He had one. He had what cameo? He had he had a small role in Freaks and Geeks. I mean, he was doing consistent TV and guest star shit. But Even Stevens is what really gave him a thing. He was also on a. Are you sure like that's not coming up in his credits? I, I'm not. Steven? Yeah, it's not here. Oh, it's on. It's there. He. he yeah, that's where he started. Because according he, to this, he was in something that's not worth talking about: Breakfast with Einstein, Caroline in the City, Christmas Path, Monkey Business, Jesse, Suddenly Susan, Touched by an Angel, X Files, Freaks and Geeks. I'm not seeing. Even, oh, there, he, even, he was in the Even Stevens movie, according to this, but he wasn't. They're not giving him credit for the show, anyway. He's on. Well, he's definitely on the show, but he. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I'm not saying he was. I don't think I. I don't. I, don't, I didn't mean to imply Even Stevens was his first thing, but it was definitely his. Big oh, here play. it is. Okay, you know they had it up in 2003 because that's when it ended. They did, should have had it down in 2001. It started. It was only three seasons. I thought less than more. Okay. According to this, but he. Um, he was good, and I was on the uh, the Shia bandwagon when he was when he was good. I mean, he it made perfect sense that he would be in Indiana Jones because he was already having a beginnings of a working relationship with Spielberg, right? Because he, Spielberg, I want to say, he, Spielberg produced at least the first. He, Spielberg produced the Transformers movies. Did he? Um, yeah. How about that? 
And he also, I want to say he also helped produce Disturbia, which is basically Rear Window, but with Shia LaBeouf. Okay. It's, it's, it's a pretty decent movie where he thinks his neighbor is like a serial killer and he's under house arrest, so he can't do shit. So it's all about him, like, you know, stop, you know, stalking and. Uh, oh, I remember. Yeah, I never saw, it, but I remember. I it's remember. It's pretty that. good. It's not a. It's not a terrible fucking movie. It's actually very entertaining. Um. So I didn't. I did not fucking mind that Shia LaBeouf was going to be Indiana Jones four. I would have mi- minded if they had made a sequel and have it be fucking Mutt Williams in the search for fucking you know something. Even Luke, even George Lucas made a joke about it. He's like, "Oh no, it would never be Indiana Jones Five. Would never be this. Would it, it would be Harrison Ford? You know, right, Mutt Williams right. about to make his own fucking movie. Mutt Williams in this search for Elvis or something like that." No, I agree with you. He's a good actor, and he's definitely been. I mean, in some of the stuff I've seen him in, he's been kind of annoying. Like his character in I Robot was completely useless. Really, yeah. that's not his fault. Same thing with Constantine. I didn't feel like that was really necessary either. But you know, well, that was when they were shoving him in everything. Everything that was in the mid, early to mid two thousands, they were just like, "Here's this new kid, shy. Everyone loves him. All the kids like him. All Disney Channel like, like they shoved him in everything, right. including Indiana Jones." Right, um, right. But I, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought it was sort of a. I had heard a comparison that like he was his generation's Tom Hanks, and I'm like, I mean, I don't yeah. really agree with it, but I can kind of see why people would say that. And I mean, if it was like early Tom Hanks's career, like big, that I would see it. Yeah, but by then he was already established anyway because of, well, I guess the Shy did the same thing with the Steven Stevens thing. But I was going to say, like, because Tom was already kind of established from Bosom Buddies at that right. point, you know. Um, I don't know. I I think Shy I, I had a lot had of a problem. If, I would have had a problem if they had branched out and made a sequel with just Shia. That's what I would have had a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, but, okay, and I guess that brings up a question, something we need to cover, and we can circle back to, you know, talking more about the movies in a minute, but, like, if they're going to, they're obviously, they want to make a fifth. I've heard they're shooting next next year at this point, I think it got pushed back to 2020, is when they're going right. to start shooting. But let's be real about it, and I, I love Harrison Ford, but he's going to be, like, 77, I think, by the time they start shooting this thing, or something. Something like that. And yeah. there's only going to be so much more indie that he can do, you know. Well, this this is the last one. Because the original setup was that there was supposed to be five. Okay. Way back when they were making renders, it was, it was a five-picture deal. And they made three. And then everyone just sort of said, man, well, that's a good way of ending it. Let's not do it. And then it was Spielberg's son who said, hey. When are you going to make the other two? And then Spielberg was like, oh, shit. People, you actually want to see that? He's like, yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? And then they made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and then people fucking liked it or didn't like it. And then that sort of, like, that made the interest of it even less. But then there was still, like, hey, there's still a contractual obligation. Harrison Ford's almost 80. Let's fucking get this going. Right. You know, not to mention Lucas and Spielberg are also not dumb anymore. But yeah. not, but that was something, I mean, Spielberg is still crunching out a fucking movie almost every other year. So, well, yeah, yeah. And so here, here's the thing I would ask. So, because we are big fans of speculation and doing, you know, what if 
type of scenarios. So, and I don't know if this would fit the contract. So let's just pretend that that's not really a thing right now. But what what would you think if they did like a Batman Beyond style thing? I don't mean way off in the future. That's not what I'm saying. But like Indy kind of home in the Batcave with someone else, whether it's Mutt or whoever, going out on the actual adventure. I don't know if that would work because for Batman Beyond, it works because Batman can be looking Anybody. at a computer, or- a computer screen and interacting. I mean, it, it, would it be just be Indiana Jones with a really extensive walkie-talkie? You know, no, just, but like, all right, so like he would he would be the Sean Connery. You'd be the older yeah, kind of bumbling. Yeah, one. a like, little bit like that. I, I don't know if I'd like that either because then that would just make someone who is super fucking awesome and badass and tough and uses his wits and his brawn to go on this adventure for him being this bumbling comic foil just to make the new adventure, the new generation look even more. I don't, I just, I, it's like what I said about Marcus Brody, like taking Brody and making him something and then making this fucking bumbling, you know, looks like he's always confused character, I think would be a huge disservice well, to Indiana Jones. What about if they did it like, and, I'm, and, and I may have to construct this a little bit for you, but like, what if they did it like Bellic from the from Raiders? Although instead of being the bad guy, but like Bellic didn't really do any of the hardcore digging, but he was there, and do you know what I'm saying? The only thing I would, the only way I could see it working is if it was almost like exactly how they did in Harrison Ford in Force Awakens. He is a prominent member, but he's not the main character. Right. So you you just take the Hans because he's Han Solo's in virtually every scene of that movie, with the exceptions of the First Order shit. And you the know, stuff on first, Jakku in the beginning. Right. When they first when they first introduce him, then he's in everything. With the exception right. of like first order and Ray's fucking force dream. Right. Or once he's yeah, once he's on screen, he's pretty much there throughout the rest of the movie. Right. And that's all I'm saying. Up is until you, up until the scene with yeah, until he dies. But then the movie ends only about like twenty minutes after that. Right. But and there, but there is one crucial scene post that, but that's the only one. But anyway, I, I get your point. I'm not arguing you, but yeah. I that's what I'm saying. That's what I would like to that's what I would like to see is if you're, if, if Disney, because Disney owns Indiana Jones now, people always say, Oh my God, Disney owns Star Wars. Like they own Indiana Jones too. Because of Lucasfilm? Because of Lucasfilm. See, that's, a, that's why they're, that's why they're Spielberg making a technically one. own Indy though. No. I thought, no. Okay. Lucas. Well, I know he's part of it, but I didn't realize it was a Lucas. Like I thought it was just more paid for, not owned by. Do you know what I mean? I like, think he, I, I think Lucas bought the rights for it officially it, for right before he did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because Crystal Skull is the only one that has the Lucasfilm banner. Okay. Like, okay. like the Star Wars prequels. So what what did the other ones have without pulling Nothing. them up? Okay, but it's it was not just, like it, Paramount. It was just Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Um. So what I would be more first off, I'm just saying I would never want to reboot. I would never want to remake. I would never want to see fucking um, 
So Indiana uh, Jones is essentially dead as soon as whenever they finish this off. I don't mean like yeah. actually <laughs> dead, but the the story line. I'm saying that if Harrison Ford is, I I want to see one final Harrison Ford Indiana Jones movie, the fifth one, before they just start to decide to make a reboot. I would rather see the one, because I want there to be some redemption for for Harrison Ford for Crystal Skull, because I don't even think he appreciated it. I don't even think he liked it. And even fucking Spielberg said he didn't like what the the quote-unquote the MacGuffin of the film, which was the aliens and the Crystal Skulls and all that shit. But But he helped write it. Or he's, I mean, he may not be writing credit, but like you know, he talked to George. He didn't. Yeah, but he, but he has said on record that George was, it was all George Lucas, and he trusts George. So he said, even if I didn't like it and I don't agree with it, I trust George because George is a storyteller, and this George is George is responsible for Indiana Jones. That is his baby. Spielberg may have directed it and shaped it and added his own ideas. But it is very much George Lucas's idea. Okay. With the exception of the name. I mean, even fucking Indiana is named after his dog. Well, again, Lucas's that's... Dog. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And and that same dog, which was a Malamute, was the inspiration for Chewie. This okay. dog has got some fucking, like... <laughs> some cred. <laughs> yeah, right? Um. So who would you... Because you, you said you would want him to be in every scene, but not the star for lack of a better phrase right so who would you have like i would be i would be fine with uh his son i would be fine with his son mutt or henry jones the third or whatever yeah i would be fine with him trying out to be his own thing like this is how if i'm if i'm on the fly pitching it i would have it be mutt williams tries to be his own version of an archaeologist, doesn't do a very good job. And then he's got to go save him. And India has to go save him. And that's why it's still an Indiana Jones adventure. It's Indiana Jones and the saving of his fucking shitty son. (laughs) Hopefully they come up with a better title. Well, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is an awful title, if I'm being honest. Uh, Well, anyway, um, what... But to be fair, Last Crusade is also a fucking lie because it wasn't the last one. Right. I've I've even gone as far as calling it Lost Crusade. Well, I get I I there's a way to stick with that title and not lose what you're talking about because they talk about the knights who are guarding the Grail as being from the Crusade. So the last Crusade True. of the night is you know what I mean. So there's your last that, Crusade. That's a really good point. I didn't. It, think about it. It's a double entendre in that it's both that and at the time Indy's last Crusade, but you can keep it and justify the title and still do you know Crystal Skull and whatever the next one's going to be, you know. Sure. Um, you know, but I get your point. So I'm not. <laughs> but there is a way to explain it away at least. Um. So but that's would what you, I would do. I would, I would you, do. I would rather see a sequel than a reboot. Would you recast Shia, or would you cast somebody else? I would let. Sh- I would give Shia a year's notice and be like, "Listen, all your hijinks, all the drinking you do, all the fucked up shit you do on set, and how you're really now impossible to work with. If you want in on this and you want to be in good graces with Spielberg again, 
you've got to fucking straighten your life around. And then I think he should do it because he was fine. And I want consistency. I don't like it when they recast actors for movies. I love right. it when they keep the same actors throughout. Like the perfect example for me is Lethal Weapon. When they fucking had the same kids and the, uh, for Don, uh, uh, Danny Glover's kids yeah, throughout the fucking movies, I'm like, I love that. It's rare that you see the same fucking people in the same movie because it feels like they give a shit about continuity. With the exception of like if someone dies, then I understand. But well, yeah, you if, can't if, you can't control something like that, like what they had to do with Harry Potter because the the dude died, right. or the, or the Matrix for that matter. She or the died Matrix. mid filming. So. The Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would do is I would give Shy a first shot, and if he cannot deliver, then you have to cast someone who doesn't have to be an exact Shy clone. But he has to still keep the same mannerisms and things and speech as Shia, or at least as Mutt Williams. You can't make the character completely fucking different. Like, I think they did this for another adventure movie, is The Mummy. And right. for the second one and the third one, which the third one really no one fucking saw because it was not very good, they had his son be completely fucking act different. From hmm. between the second and the third one. And you could argue, oh, well, there's a big 10-year difference that he just grew up and he may have mellowed out. Right. But I don't, I don't give a fuck how people can fucking grow up and mellow out. There are still consistencies and, um, you know, quirks and speech mannerisms and phrasing that will stay with you forever. So when they recast someone who does a completely fucking different interpretation of a character, it Boils my balls to no fucking end, where I just get so goddamn pissed off. No, so they would have to find. They'd have to find. Like I would never want fucking um, uh, Chris. Uh, what? Who's the other fucking? Uh, who plays Peter Quill again? Chris. Chris Pratt. Uh, Chris Pratt. That was the thing that everyone was talking about. Like, oh, Chris Pratt should be the new Indiana Jones. And I'm like, if Chris Pratt ever, if they were doing a reboot and it was India, it was Harrison Ford's blessing and Spielberg's blessing and Lucas's blessing. Fuck it. Have Chris Pratt do it. He's going to make it his own fucking way. He's going to come off kind of goofy, which I don't think is worth the character. He doesn't come off like he wouldn't, doesn't seem intelligent enough to be an archaeologist. Is right. my whole issue with that. But if there, and I would be less okay with him playing Mutt Williams, I would probably see maybe Chris Pine. See, well, yeah, he's a better fit. I. I have a point about Shy I want to make that it's not about the casting, but to I liked, and we're getting away off for a minute, but I liked that they tried to give us indie where there is no more indie with National Treasure, and it just didn't work in the second one. But you were getting your indie style film without it being Indiana Jones. They didn't try to make it Indiana Jones. It wasn't as campy, but it had the same. Vibe, and they have the same adventure vibe. I agree with that. And and I like those movies, and I want them to make the third one. I want to know what's on page forty-two or whatever it was, whatever the number is. I might have the number wrong, but that's not the point. You, you, you know? and I have said this before, where we both. I mean, even like the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. As I love a good treasure fucking totally. movie, like yep. you know. Oh, this is, you know, the lost symbol of fucking fuck. And 
oh, we have to find the clues, and oh, there's a trap, and oh, there's this, and oh, there's that. I love that shit, but it would never would have happened if it wasn't for Indiana Jones. No, you're right, 100%. Well, maybe not. I mean, there's, there, like you said, the Indie itself is like a composite of other adventure stories, so, I mean, maybe it would have, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same roots. I'll give you that, you because Indie... Yeah. I actually, in my research, I discovered some of the hugest inspirations for Ray's Lost Ark. Right. You're going to laugh. And I and I think you'll you'll fucking love this. Okay. Is it came from a Scrooge McDuck comic book. Interesting. I mean, I so, get it, though, because he's notorious for going out and hunting treasure and stuff. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, there was, there was a couple Uncle Scrooge comic books. And, sh- like, almost shot for shot. There's a part in one of the comics, like, number 16 or something like that, where Scrooge is running from a fucking boulder, from a trap that he's Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. That's kind of neat. And Lucas and Spielberg were both, like, saying, like, we were huge fans of Scrooge McDuck. Like, you can look it up, and it's it's blatantly there. To the point where... See, Rico, I wonder with with Shia, you had said that some... I don't think it was your opinion, but you were saying that some people said he was like the Tom Hanks of this generation or his generation, or I forget the exact phrasing you used, but that's basically the concept that you were getting at, right? Sure. I almost wonder if he's more, and, and hear me out because I may have to explain myself, but he, I wonder if he's more the Ben Affleck of his generation. Oh, than, oh no. What do you mean? Well, let me. You give me your explanation, but I, well, okay, I, yeah. You so, and and this has come from Ben's mouth, and you have to search for this. Like, this is not no, not not him and Shia, but what I'm about to say okay. has come from is come from Ben's mouth. He he does struggle with his his issues that are well known. His addiction issues from whether it be gambling, drinking, whatever, when he's not working. When he's working, it distracts him from those things, and he can focus. and And there's never been complaints about him on set, which is slightly different from what you were saying about Shia, you know. Right. But I, you know, if Shia is working, I wonder if he has those same issues. I mean, I was just looking at his IMDb; he's got stuff coming out like this year, you know. He do, He's. I would say that Shia has been working consistently since he started. I don't yeah, really, yeah. even when he's not doing a movie, he does some art project or he does an indie film or he does sure. some, he does a play. I mean, he was, tra- I mean, he was famously fired from a, at least one play because he got on a fucking argument with Alec Baldwin. I heard that. Yeah. Um, I mean, remember he did the whole fucking paper bag on his fucking head? I'm not famous anymore. Yeah. The thing in the but, art gallery, like he ran into place for a month or something and just sat there with a bag on his head. Dude, I, I didn't see that in person, but I you uh fucking Hal from fucking movie fights, yeah, screen junkie, he did. I in particular was never okay with Hal. I'm not a fan. He, I'm not, I'm a, not fan a fan of Hal. But he does. He did this fucking thing where he like found out about the whole Shia thing, went there, and like took the paper bag and just it's Shia and like it's it's on one of the episodes where he just kind of he's like you know Shia, I just want to let you know that you were an even Stevens. Remember that? What happened, dude? What are we doing here? And he brought in a camera, and I'm pretty sure that was a big no-no because I think Shy is like looking, like he's like, I'm pretty sure it's the camera. He doesn't say anything, but he, I just it was something that I felt bad for Shy because Shy has clearly had some demons, and he 
Well, and I, I, I agree with you, but in that particular instance, Shia put himself into that. He That wasn't a thing. He just well, did that to himself. You know, that also, particular thing. I've heard stories from him that he he uh, his father was an addict. Sure. And that it really fucked with him that he saw his father go through like heroin withdrawal and shit like that. Oof, okay. Um, yeah, that's a rough thing. So, I mean, he grew up poor and he grew up like, like a, like he and his family, he and his parents would like dress up as clowns and like sell hot dogs and like entertain people in the street. Like yeah. they were sort of like a weird gypsy vaudeville type of like family. Okay. So, but that's my whole thing. Would I compare him to Affleck based I on addiction? Think, I, I think it's, I think it's closer than Hanks. That's all. I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but it's certainly closer than Hanks. I think. I. Uh, no, I would probably say he is, if anything, he's probably the Mickey Rourke of his generation. Mm, that's a whole nother conversation, but I get what you're saying. Um, you know, someone who was a lot of promise, and even when he's awful in films, he's still great. I mean, pound for pound, him, Mickey Rourke in like Iron Man 2 is a decent villain. I, mean, I just watched that it. again the other day, literally, I think yesterday. I just watched that for the first time in a while. And he's not awful in it. No, not he's at all. Actually, he's really good in it, but and you know he got like paid for basically nothing. Yeah. Movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like, like $25,000. Sure I want to know what's up with Sam Rockwell's, Sam Rockwell's hands in that movie. Oh, he does this shit where he does like the... No. Like... If, in the scene where he's meeting um, Mickey Rourke's character, the Whiplash, I can't remember the Russian, uh, Vanko, or, um, oh, Vanko. Uh, never mind. Vanko. Vanko, yeah. He, he, um, he's, looks like he just took spray tan and just sprayed the palms of his hands. Like, his hands are super fucking brown. If you look at him again, his whole face is fucking tan. He looks right, but like the hands thin Donald Trump. Right, but the hands are worse than anything else in that in that one scene. It's only in that scene. It's not anywhere else throughout the movie. It's just really fucking weird. But anyway, I, I, if, for the for one brief second, I have never laughed as hard watching a Marvel movie when I do when I watch Sam Rockwell say, "I don't know if you know this, but I don't speak Russian." Yeah, and he has like, emphasis is, yeah. on his face, and you're just like, "That is some." Fucking delivery, dude. Oh, I know. He's got a couple great lines in that movie. I don't mean to go way off indie, but he's got a couple great lines. Like when when he takes the helmet off, he like rips it off. The, he's like, that's 1.2 mil. Okay, never mind. You know? <laughs> he's like, this is um, a bird, um, man. We got the bird. Like, it's, he's hey, got man, a bunch. It's a bird. He's got a bunch of, bunch of great lines in that movie. Yeah. Did you, have you ever seen the movie Choke? What is it? Choke, like choking. No, no, nope. no. It is a movie with him, and it's the movie is based on a book written by the guy who wrote Fight Club, Chick Palahniuk, yeah. or whatever the fuck is in this. Uh, yeah, Chuck Chuck Palahniuk, I think it's Chuck Palahniuk. So yeah. he, it's about Sam Rockwell's character is a sex addict, and he also, in order to make money, well, he works at a colonial type of like Renaissance fair type of thing, but like it's colonial times. Right. So he has to he has to like act and like whenever like student field trips are like going off, he has to act like he's in like the seventeenth century or whatever the fuck. He is 
uh, he he chokes on food in restaurants, and then like he has someone save them, and then they feel responsible, and then like they like give him money over the course, like they keep in touch with each other. So he gets money that way, and he uses he spends most of his money on trying to help his sick mother, played by Angelica Houston. It is a weird all fucked up movie because it it's him fucking everything. But Sam Rockwell is fucking amazing. But the, here's the real kicker is there's an actor who wrote and directed it, and it's Clark Gregg. Oh, wow. Also, so, that's, a, you know, that's another thing I want to talk about before we end the episode is, is Clark Gregg, because that reminds me of something I wanted to ask you about. But a, a, a Sort of in a roundabout way why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, thank you. Um, cause I had forgotten actually. Um, anyway, but let's get back to Indy for a minute. Like, and there's, there's another thing we haven't really touched on too much, but it's more of a positive than a negative. Cause our last couple touch ons have been negatives, you know, Shia, the refrigerator and all that kind of stuff. Um, all of King of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> is Sean Connery is as his father in, in Crusade. That may be one of the best bits of casting that I never knew I needed in like for, in a long time. Like if I could ever think of, you know, who would play Indiana Jones as that? I'd be like, well, fucking James Bond, of course. Yes, but here's the thing, and I and I've noticed this about Sean Connery over the last couple years, and what I mean that is obviously he hasn't done anything new in the last couple years, but like I've been going back and watching movies that he's in that I <laughs> enjoy. One of my all-time favorites is Hunt for Red October. I love Hunt for Red October. Yeah, I know you're a massive fan of that. Yeah. Um, and understand that what I'm about to say is not meant as much of a criticism as it's going to sound, but mm -hmm. Sean Connery makes zero effect or attempt is the better word to use to hide his accent in any role he's in ever. He's the same dude in every, I mean, to a degree, there's other things that stick out to make him different from each role to role, but he doesn't <laughs> attempt to hide his accent ever. <laughs> Have you seen the untouchables once or twice, but it's been a long time. Yeah. So the, the role he plays is an Irish, Irish cop. Okay. And Sean Connery tried so desperately to do an Irish accent. And it just came up in this mangled form of Scottish, American, and Irish blended together. And that's why he's and stopped. He, well, here's the crazy thing is he won an, I think he won an Oscar for that movie. Oh, he might have. He might have. But he has one of the worst. He has he has like as bad of an accent as Dick Van Dyke has in fucking Mary Poppins. Sean Which, Connery has. I yeah. mean, I think the only reason why I went by is because a lot of people can be ignorant with between the difference between Irish and Scottish accents. Sure, absolutely. Unless you got that thick brogue that you get in Scotland, sometimes yeah, it's easy to confuse the two. So I can see that. Right. Right. I, That's the but only I'm talking about like. Like even in Hunt for October, like there's a line from the movie where, <laughs> where, <laughs> like they try to explain it away to a degree, and Jack Ryan's like, "Well, he's not Russian by birth; he's Lithuanian, raised by his paternal grandfather." Okay, even Lithuanian wouldn't sound like 
Sean Scottish. Connor, <laughs> like it just doesn't. He just doesn't get rid. I like. I understand. Please, anyone who's listening, understand. I love Sean Connery. I think he's great. I, I think he's great in almost every role I've ever seen him in. I love one of his last movie. Actually, it is his last movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I like that movie uh-huh. quite a bit. I know a lot of people who where don't. He, where he is an adventurer wearing a fedora. Yep. You know, just to bring it back, but I mean, going back to, you know, you know, a hunt for October and entrapment and, you know, like, James Bond. Right, you know what? I, I'm not a fan of his Bond, but that's not because of him. I'm just not a fan of that style of Bond. We've talked about that on the Bond episode. Right, right, right. But, but, but that's not. respect that he was the first, more or less. Oh, yeah, totally. And I understand that he is Bond and all that, but I just don't like that style of the Bond movie, but that's nothing to do with Sean Connery. Um,. You know, he, so I, don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting on Sean Connery, but the dude just doesn't try, you know? Can I, can I give you, did you ever see Highlander? Um, I saw one of them, I don't remember which one I saw, because I know there's been a couple, but I did not see the original, if that's what you're asking, no. Okay, so in the original, a Highlander is someone from the Highlands of Scotland, you know that, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, for the raw listeners, just just for the sake of it, sure, Highlander yeah. is a Scottish themed character. Sean Connery is in it, and he plays a mentor, and his character is not from Scotland. <laughs> of course, because his why character not? is from Spain, and <sighs> at one point, and the actor who plays the Scotsman <laughs> is played by Christopher Lambert, who I think is from like Belgium. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Really- I like him a lot, though. By the way, I just want to say that but go ahead the original tom jane oh i i don't know i've seen him in a bunch of one of my favorite roles he's in is a shitty movie but i love him as as raiden in uh mortal kombat re re look up when you get a moment re look up christopher lambert or lambert if you want to be phonetically yeah and also thomas jane and tell me they're not the exact same fucking person oh yeah 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 i didn't understand what you were saying yes i i can already agree with that so to reiterate, you got a guy from Belgium playing a Scotsman, doing a very convincing Scots Scottish accent, and then you had the most famous Scot in the world, apart from fucking Nessie, playing a Spaniard. Like, I, who did this casting? I just want to know why he wasn't in fucking Braveheart. <laughs> I want to know why he wasn't in Shrek. Well, that too. Um, I don't think he likes doing animated stuff too much. Uh, no, that's not true at all. He no. was in a fucking. Uh, he did a voice movie in the shittiest looking animation film I've ever seen. Really? I have no idea what the title is, but like a customer rented it, and I'm like, oh my god, this thing exists. And it looks like, like if Pixar just said, okay, we're gonna release a movie in a day. Fuck what the animation looks like. We're gonna do that. It's not Pixar for the record, but it, it looks right. the shittiest animation. And Sean Connery, like. It's like Sir Sean Connery and the Highlanders or something like that. It's something there's a there's a movie. The last one he did a voice in was Sir Billy. What was before that? Uh, a voice thing, Dragonheart. He was the dragon. Okay, so it would have been the past couple of years. So it may be Sir Billy, but I fucked if I know. It looks awful. But anyways, uh-huh. there's a there's a part in Highlander where Sean Connery says, to, he says to Christopher Lambert, he's like. So tell me about this infamous land of Scotland, of which I know nothing of. Like, really? Like, tell me about Scotland. Right. Like, dude, 
you are more famous than fucking Haggis. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Guardians yeah. of the Highlands. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Look how awful that shit looks, dude. Yeah, it does look pretty bad. Um, look, and that's the other thing is like, props to him for the fucking hairpiece that he has. Had. Well, yeah, but I mean, he wore it all the way up through fucking League of Eternity Gentlemen. And he wore it long after Indy. Like, he must have took it off for Indy, but he wore it in, in fucking Hunt for October. He wore it for all the... He started losing his hair around the Bond era. Right. And then they insisted on a hairpiece. He was like, no, James Bond cannot be bald or, or baldy. Well, and yeah, then, I kind of make sense. And then I can't disagree think, with that. Yeah, he, he just periodically, like, I think it was more of like, hey, I mean, he had a hairpiece for... Finding Forrester, that's a really... That, I think it's probably his last really good movie, is Finding Forrester. Uh, it's the same same year? No, year after Entrapment. Entrapment. I, I like I've Entrapment. I've never seen Entrapment. Entrapment's good. It's him and um, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and they're thieves. Is that the one with George Clooney? Am I thinking of the same thing? No. No. I know she, Catherine Zeta-Jones... Oh, no, th- okay. She and... Uh, we're in another together. Yeah, okay. up in the air, I think it's called, or something like that. No, I know. no, 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 no. Um, it was like a terrible cruelty or something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. That's um. One. But no, this is this is Connery. Ving Rhames makes a brief appearance in it. It's it's not bad. I have it. It's not great, but it's not bad. So is your complaint about how Sean Connery just doesn't really try? Are you are you putting that yeah. in with? The class crusade. Yeah, because like I don't think he, while he does an amazing job, I think it 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 disconnects for me as him being Indy's father a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because it's very obviously Sean Connery, and it's very obviously not Indy. Like they're so far apart. Like Harrison Ford sounds like he should sound a little bit like like Sean. Like they're like. No. Most people sound Sean, like their no. parents to a degree, especially if they have a strong accent like that. Sean is obviously a Scottish immigrant, but Indy was probably born in like New York or, so, or Utah or something. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, but I'm going to look, like, I mean, look up the Indy character, see if there's anything about his mother. That's what I'm going to do. Because I know, I know people that have, you know, um, immigrant fam- parents, and well, they were born in America, and they don't have severe the same severity of accent they still have some degree of an accent because of being raised around it do you know what i mean and sure i i just don't feel like i don't know that's my only real complaint about john connery being in that movie so really you can see i'm kind of you know stretching a little bit but uh, i can understand it i would say i mean because i can agree with you because i I've sort of adopted a little bit of a slight Massachusetts accent, even though I'm not from there. Just because of your but dad. I, because of my dad. Yeah. Because I, have a, I occasionally drop my R's and I'll occasionally, you know, it, it just sort of comes out a little bit, even though I'm not from there. Right. But I, right. But I'm, all right. Let me see. I'm trying to find. Um, okay. So his, Indy's mother was named Anna Marie. Okay. So Anna Jones. Um, very little has been established about the character prior, but so this is a lot of um, Indy calls her the sweetest, smartest, most wonderful woman who is who ever lived. Um, 
She apparently had an affair with Puccini, the composer. She's also from Virginia. So that's okay. why she, she also died of scarlet fever. It is contradicted in a new footage shop in the 1999 re-edit where Indy explained she died of influenza. Um, she died at age 33 in 1912. Um, she was first mentioned in passing in Raiders Lost Ark. Indy remarks, Brody, sounds just like my mother when discussing the dangers of finding the Ark. In Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, Indy's father does mention that her death drove him and his son apart. And he does believe that his mother, quote, never understood his father's obsession with the Holy Grail, though Henry says she supported him fully. Um, yeah, they, so they say that she's American. She was born in Virginia. Hence why Henry probably adopted, I mean, if he and his father were not getting along, then he probably would have gone for his mother, I think. Um, probably in looks, too. Although, I mean, yeah, Sean Connery shaved, clean shaven, looks nothing like Indiana uh, Harrison Ford clean shaven. Well, okay, so here's here's a couple questions about Last Crusade that have come up, and I would like to hear your thoughts on. Was the River Phoenix scenes necessary at all? Because I've heard a lot of people say that that whole portion of the movie really just wasn't needed. You know, I like, think first off, I'm biased because I. That's my favorite movie, and I really did enjoy the opening prequel scene. Um, was it needed? No, but it was fun. It was a great filler, and also, actually, I take it back. It was needed. It was needed to show that even when Indy was like, I mean, how old would you say Indy is in that scene? Sixteen. Yeah. Fourteen. Uh, yeah. Now sixteen. 15, 16, maybe 17, but that's something that window, yeah. Is there an age limit for, like, scouts, like Eagle Scouts? Like There are. Either? Yeah, Eagle Scout, I think, stops at 16, and then there's a there's a grouping above that that you can be. I know someone who was part of it. But anyway, yeah, let's just say 15. So, let's say 15. So, so, 15 safe. So I think it was, a, it was needed to show that even back when he was a teenager, he was trying to get his father's attention. I think it was important. And I I do think it was, it explained some things of how he got his first snakes. I think that was quite enjoyable to show that him falling in a tub of snakes is the inspiration. I also like the fact that it shows how he got the, how, how Indiana Jones has the infamous scar underneath his chin, which Harrison Ford little, really has. Right, That's and see, that was the argument I heard against it. So I'm not... Not to interrupt you, but, like, I've heard people say, you know, just because Harrison had the scar, we had to explain in a movie, come on, like, that kind of thing. You know, like, it would be different if, if Indy, you know, it was Indy's scar, but it's not. It's Harrison's scar, you know? And then the other thing that I heard was, like, there was no need to see how how he got the look. Because that guy that he's chasing in that is basically Indiana Jones. He's got the, the leather jacket, the hat, the satchel. I think the only thing he didn't have was a whip, and you get that from the scene with the lion. So. Which I would probably, if I'm, if I, I mean, I don't know my history of best, but like, did they even have fedoras that popular in like 1913? Yeah, when that, fedoras. Yeah, I would say that. I'd say that the guy wearing the fedora made sense. Yeah, that I didn't have a problem. But I just, and I don't have a problem with any of it. To be fair, I should need to clarify that. But, uh, but I don't think I agree that there wasn't an 
we'll put it this way. I agree there wasn't a need for any of it, but I don't have as much of a problem with it as other people I know. You know what I mean? Uh, the only the only problem I have is that how the fuck did he get out of that magic box? Oh, what's a magic you know? trick? You know, come on. Yeah, but I will say that I was fucking like I was kind of in a weird way enamored by this proto Indiana Jones character. The guy played by I think his name was Richard Young or Guy Young. It's one of the two okay. who plays the character Fedora, and he it's sort of a weird thing to show who this random guy, the guy who really kind of fucking, um, you know, influenced Indy in the most way, more than his father, especially with look and sort of mannerisms. It, it's when Solo came out and I watched uh, Solo with fucking blah, blah, blah and uh, Woody Harrelson. I likened Woody Harrelson's character to a similar degree as Fedora is to Indy. Because Beckett is a lot of the inspiration for how Solo acts. He shoots first. He, you know, is very much like, get out of here, give me my money, I just want to get the fuck out of here. So you can see elements of, of Han Solo in Beckett, just like you could see this guy, Fedora, which is how he's listed in the, in the credits, is Fedora, um, is to Indiana Jones. I wanted to see a little bit more. And I remember there was a theory that maybe that guy, the Fedora character, is... Marion's father. That that is Abner Ravenwood. Okay, that'd be interesting. But I, it may they may have established more of the Ravenwood character in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I don't know. Right. But I really right. kind of dug that theory that well, maybe I, Indy sort of tracked down that guy and been like, "Hey, you know." So I just looked up. Um, I just looked up Henry Jones Senior, and of course, there's a wiki for it. Now, of course. it's a fictional character. I'm aware of this fact. To all of our listeners, I'm aware of this fact. So I have a feeling this was written to counter my complaint, because I'm sure not the only one that had it. <laughs> but it mm-hmm. says, The father of renowned archaeologist Indiana Jones, Henry was born in Scotland on December 12, 1872. He is a professor of middle, medieval literature, having received his degree from the University of Oxford on June 5th, 1899, and according to his son, the professor and the students hope they don't get. A driven man, Henry is fascinated by the search for the Holy Grail, keeping all clues he found regarding the whereabouts in his grail diary. He's apparently Christian, although his denomination is unclear. He does not tolerate his son using Jesus' name in vain and slaps him for blasphemy. Uh, for blasphemy. Seeming finding parenting difficult, Henry Sr. mostly bonded with his son through their mutual fascination with history. After the death of his wife, Anna, from influenza, the golf father and son grew to a point where they rarely spoke. And then it gets more into Indy joining uh, the Belgian army in World War One, but that's kind of irrelevant to what we're talking about. I... I find it really interesting that they made him from Scotland, and I have a feeling they did that because... Because of Sean Connery's casting? What did you think he was supposed to... I mean, obviously he's from Scotland. Well, yes, because it's Sean Connery, but if they had casted... Fuck. um, Well, Gregory Peck was another runner-up. Okay, or... And I don't know if he'd already had the stroke, but just go with me here. But if they had done... Let's say it was Kiefer Sutherland. Or not Kiefer, um, Donald. Donald Sutherland, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he would have been old enough at the time, but, like, I'm just trying to think of guys that would have been potentially older, or Michael Douglas's father, Kirk Douglas. Like, if they had 
like those guys don't have I, an accent. So would he have been I from almost, Scotland? I was going to see Charlton Hessen, actually. Charlton, honest. there you go. But then would he have been from Scotland? Yeah. No, no. no they would have exactly. Here's the thing. Similar thing happened when uh, Sean was cast as James Bond. Originally, James Bond uh, in the books is not Scottish. And then after the Dr. Note came out. Um, he's British. Ian Fleming, That's the thing. He's, he's, he's English, yeah. But, but Ian Fleming was so impressed with Sean Connery as James Bond that he added a background of him being half Scottish and mm. half like, um, oh, Fuck, he was like Swiss. Like he came okay. from a Swiss mother and a Scottish father. And even right. I think the last name Bond is from Scotland. Fair so enough. it actually kind of coincided. You had mentioned you had mean, a couple Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I um I did. I, I had a couple things that I want to talk about. And One, yeah, we're we're getting kind of long on a tooth as we do do. So, so I want to let you get I'm, to those points, yeah. Thank you. Um Temple of Doom, I have a weird connection for personal reasons. Because okay. if I ever rank it, it's three, one, two, and then four is how I rank the films. Okay. But Temple of Doom in particular has always kind of freaked me out. Well, especially when I was a kid. So and it's, I, it's definitely the darkest and scariest of the four of them. Do you know why it's so dark? Um, No. Because Spielberg and Lucas were both going through divorces at the time. Makes sense. And it was just really, they were just like super fucking like unhappy. And that's the whole, that's another meaning for the whole like reaching into the, like pulling up a beating heart. Because they both felt like <laughs> other wives had just done that shit. Well, it didn't so, bother Spielberg that bad. He ended up marrying the lead. Yeah. I mean, he, he lucked out because she's beautiful she's all yeah. the character is awful willie is awful in the well, yeah movie. willie's an awful well the whole with the exception of indy all the characters in that movie are pretty awful short round short i mean what well, short round i like short round i actually do but he is a terrible stereotype i mean i think they yeah I mean, he's yeah. a stereotype by today's standards. But I think at the time it was okay. Well, it, yeah. It's less, yeah, I mean, it's we, less and, offensive than what the Indians were portrayed as. No, sure. Without question. Yeah. Dude, the Indians were fucking furious. Oh, I'm sure they were. Like, they're not, they didn't film in India because the Indians, like, read the script and were like, um, no, you're not going to do this. Um, in particular, I think it was a lot of the uh, the dinner sequence, which honestly I would have taken out. Yeah, that like, was dumb. The, it was the dinner sequence because I've had Indian food and it's never been eyeballs or monkey brains. No, no. Although I did kind of like that guy. That guy cracked me up a little bit. The fat guy they kept flipping back to, and he's like, "Ooh, oh, you're not yeah. eating." Yeah, ah, chilled monkey brains. You know, like, I don't know. That guy just was fun. I It was unnecessary. The only thing that made that scene necessary was them, when Andy's talking with the Maharaja and the other guy, and they're kind of giving the, the background of the old history, you know, that you uh, ultimately end up seeing. Right. That part of the scene was kind of necessary, but there's other ways they could have done it without the dinner scene. They could have had a conversation somewhere else, having a drink right. or whatever. You know, there's other ways to have done it. Um, but I had a I had a really fucking 
fucked up reoccurring nightmare that I had for years. Okay. Like, ever since I was a little, little, little kid. And the nightmare was inspired by Temple of Doom. And what it was, was I was in a fucking giant Temple of Doom setting, complete with the cages and the fucking lava thing. Hey, Rico, not and, to interrupt you, but I think, and then please still share the story, but I think you actually told us this before. I probably did, but it's it's now more relevant. It's than relevant. No, absolutely. But I'm just saying, for what it's worth to you, I think you have shared this with us once before. I, I think you're right. I definitely have talked about it on rants. I've talked about, I probably have talked about this. Because I had, I had really weird nightmares and, and like really vivid ones. And, and I talk about it on here, like the whole Halloween thing. Yeah. We still so should have made that one, movie, but. <laughs> Steph and I just rewatched it. So for, for the rant and. and no, I'm saying we, we should have made that movie. I'm saying your movie. Yeah. We should have made your movie. Anyway. Yeah, fuck it. Um, so the nightmare is, is that there are two cages and a pit of lava and there's the chanting, there's the culty kind of thing. There's the, you know, but I would have, there'd be two people. And the classic example is like my mother, my father. Sure. And I would have to choose who would get dipped and killed. And the other one would get to be, get to walk away. And the real torment was I would have to choose who do I want dipped? Who do I, who do I want to live? And it would go real, like personal, like it'd be my bro- my mother, my father, and then I have two older twin brothers, and then I would have my two best friends, and then I'd be, then it would go really bizarre. It'd be like a kid I babysat once when I was like twelve, and then like my mother's friend's kid, and it'd just be like two people I don't fucking know or two people I fucking never want to see die. And there would be times where I would like. I told everyone, like, you were dipped. Everyone has been dipped at one point. Everyone's been able to walk away. And there would be times where I would just sacrifice myself and dive in. So I had this plague my life for almost like a weekly, nightly basis for years. Okay. When I watch well, Temple I, of Doom, I'm so, I almost kind of get a weird flashback to it. I, I can understand that. And I would never want you to have another, another um, nightmare. But I swear to God, one of these days, it's going to be me and Steph. If you ever have it again, you're going to have to choose between Steph and me. It's actually kind of like I had one, I think, about a year ago, and I told Steph about it because I think that's why I talked about it on one of the episodes. Because Maybe. I think I said I just fucking had one that re- – like I haven't had this in like quite a while. But I don't remember who was dipped. But it was, it was – I remember like flashes of it. I think I managed to wake myself up before it got too vivid. Um, so yeah, that's why Temple of Doom has a weird, no pun intended, soft spot in my heart. But last right. Crusade, I think it's my favorite. Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think is, I think most people can unanimously, unanimously say is the best, but they also have their own favorite, which is usually Last Crusade. That's I, what I think the argument is. Well, and I don't want to, because we're already pretty deep into this, but I, I honestly think Crusade's better. That's not even just because it's my favorite. I think it's actually a better film. I do too. If I, but I think the consensus is that Raiders is just more. Is well, because without I, Raiders, I don't, you don't get Last Crusade. So, it, but it, but to the same degree, without without New Hope, you don't get Empire. So, I mean, if you want to get technical. right. <laughs> well, so one one last thing I want to say, which for our listeners is, I think the greatest thing about Raiders Lost Ark and Star Wars is is that. 
Spielberg and Lucas bridged a lot of our, and I mean CJ and I, and then our generation, and even mm-hmm. his generation. CJ's older than me. We talked about that all the time. But his generation is that they helped your generation and my generation in some ways have imaginations. You know, with Indiana Jones and Star Wars, I mean, you must have played with a lightsaber when you were a kid, right? Well, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, like I had flashlight. You turn a flashlight on in a dark room and it suddenly becomes a lightsaber, you know? So, yeah, I didn't, but I didn't have the toy if you want to get technical. But, yes, I had that. (laughs) I'm saying that you, quote, unquote, played Star Wars. You pretend you were a Jedi or you pretend you were Han Solo. And you must have also, at some point, pretended to be Indiana Jones. Not so much, but I get the point you're making. So, what I, so, this whole bridge to the fact that Raiders Lost Ark, not in the same way that I would imagine Jurassic Park made kids interested in dinosaurs even oh, more than usual. Totally, yeah. In, Indiana Jones made kids dig up their fucking backyards. You think? See, I oh, think sure. I think it was more about the whipping and swinging and stuff than the digging up well, of the backyard. I think there were some. I, I for example, it was like I was trying to find arrowheads. When I was a kid, because we, I have property, you know, I have a farm yeah, the, within the, land. the middle of fucking, yeah, the land. We have a country in the middle of nowhere where there's woods and there's country and there's hills and there's mountain lions and there's boars and rattlesnakes and all sorts of wildlife and deer and all that other shit. Yeah, I'm never so going to the land. Times, <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I've, I only saw one mountain lion once and it was at night. It wasn't the mountain seen, lion that scared me away. The rattlesnake? Yeah. yeah there's, there's rattlesnakes in Jersey. What are you talking about? Not anywhere near me. Oh, all right. Just climb an apartment. You'll be fine. <laughs> Go ahead. That's like saying, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm terrified of sharks, but like, just l- stay in your apartment. You'll be fine. No, but keep your black ass out of the ocean. Um, <laughs> but, so it's a, it's a parody of a line from Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. Yeah. So one of the greatest things about Raiders is that it did... It made this amazing. I'm trying to. I I've been trying to save this for the last. Yeah, please. The, do you have you heard about Raiders Lost Ark the adaptation? No. Okay, so I'm gonna fucking blow your mind away. For all our listeners, <laughs> there is a there is a shot for shot remake of Raiders of Lost Ark done by kids. Oh, that's gotta be amazing. So it is shot out of sequence. So over the course of like seven, like six or seven summer vacations or like whatever, these group of kids, like three or four of them were the main ones, loved Raiders Lost Ark so much that they made a shot for shot remake out of sequence. So in one scene, Indiana Jones is played by a 14-year-old. Then the next scene, he's 16. And the next (laughs) scene, he's 12. And the next scene, he's 14 again. And it is shot on like a Betamax fucking... uh, um, video camera, so the quality is awful. But these kids had enough imagination and enough um, drive and ingenuity to fucking make this happen. This is it. This is what I'm talking about. Yep. So they did it when there was no internet. They did it. They they had to watch the movie like a number of times just to cop just to like copy it and make the storyboards and to like record the music they made their own boulder they had to do all their own stunts they were doing 
the lowest budget. They, you want to talk clerks? Dude, this is like if, if Kevin Smith said, I want to remake Indiana Jones, and he did it. So they did it the best they could, and there's, like, they built a fucking boulder, and they had, like, all these kids doing the shit, and they, they had to come up with practical effects. They had to come up with ways that Lucas and Spielberg did it with a fucking, what, uh, $80 million budget? And they had to do it for like $8,000 over the course of eight years. Now, the crazy thing is, is that because they were kids and because they were super faithful, some kids almost got killed during this. Like in Raiders of Lost Ark, there are people, there, like in, when the Marion Tavern scene, there are people that are set on fire. Right. So they said, okay, so Jimmy, in this scene, we're going to set you on fire. And they set a kid on fire with like lighter fluid and set him on fire and then like tried dousing him. And he like, like they had a wet blanket and they didn't, um, they just put it over him and then put it, took it off. They're essentially wafting the flame when like they almost like burned a kid really badly. Right. And they set, like they, like they almost burnt down like one of the kids' fucking mom's basement. Oh, geez. And, and not to mention that they're doing all this shit, making this fucking movie over the course of seven years. Like they're 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 also kids. They're dealing with bullshit. They're dealing with puberty. Yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. like they want they want to like girls. One one of them had to like move away because his parents divorced. And then they couldn't finish the movie apart. They finished the movie apart from one scene, which was they couldn't do the airplane propeller scene with the big huge ball yeah, yeah, Nazi yeah. that Indy fights because they couldn't get a fucking plane. So they made this movie with the exception of that one scene. And then somehow Eli Roth, the filmmaker found yeah. it and was like, what the fuck is this? This is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this is what, this is what every kid wished they could do when they were playing with the whip and the fedora, when they were like 12 years old, they wish they could reenact. Like, like most arts, like most film schools will say, okay, for a project, I want you to recreate a scene from a movie. These right. kids, fuck it, let's re remake the whole fucking movie. So yeah. it it became this is pre internet. This became like the internet phenomena before the internet, where this movie was like known for hardcore film buffs, and it was passed around. It was basically, hey, hey, have you seen the Raiders tape? Oh yeah, dude, are those fucking kids are nuts. And then Eli Roth brought it to Harry Knowles. You know who Harry Knowles is? I know the name, but I can't think of what he did. Ain't it cool to. news? What's that? Ain't it cool news? No. He's a film like he he did a lot of film stuff. Okay. And right now, I think he's not doing well. Like there was allegations of him or something like that. Oh geez, so there's allegations of everybody these days. But go ahead. Yeah, but he's a bit. He's a big heavy set bearded guy. He did you ever see Fanboys, the Star Wars yes. movie? Yes. So. Ethan Supley plays him. Okay. I'd have to, I don't remember Ethan being in it, but I don't, I'm not d debating that he was. I just don't remember the scene. There's very few scenes from that movie I remember, you know, definitively. You so give it another, give it another shot. Oh, um, I've seen it a few times. I just never really committed it to memory for what it's worth. Well, Harry Knowles does, did a, did a thing called the Numb Butt-a-thon, which was literally a 24-hour movie marathon where you just sit in your seat and you just watch like really obscure fucking movies. 
or newest movies that have not been released. And this one day in particular, they're like, they were waiting on a shipment for the two towers. This is way way back in 2002 or 2003. Right. They're waiting on two two towers and Harry Knowles was like, well, let's fucking put on the Raiders movie. So they put on the Raiders movie and the whole audience went fucking nuts. Like, this is fucking amazing. These kids are doing fucking amazing. And then once they got the two towers, they turned off the Raiders movie to put on two towers and the whole audience flipped the fuck out and said, no, fuck the rings. You put those fucking kids back on. That's like, awesome. Hey guys, we're, we're on a awesome. fucking schedule. Like we got this, like we got to do this. But then little by little, everyone started giving a shit about these fucking adaptations to the point where they said, okay, well, why don't we finish it? And this is like 2014 recently, 2014, 2015. They said, well, fuck it. Why don't we finish it? So they got a GoFundMe page to raise the budget enough to finish that alien, that alien, the, the, scene propeller, with the, plane. Air, the airplane yeah. propeller scene. So, and then you, because I've seen the whole movie, it is fucking nuts because it's, it's Betamax and then all, and it's like India is 16 and then all of a sudden, boom, high quality. It looks almost seamless, <laughs> like HD and India Jones is 37 years old, 37, 37, 37. years old looking all buff and he and the guy does a very good job of recreating here he looks nothing like Harrison support right but right. he does an amazing job and it's like high quality and they have like a big like you can see clips where there's a side-by-side comparison of the high quality scene versus the spielberg part and it's almost it's seamless like these guys knew what the fuck they were doing right so it's right. called it's called what i would recommend is i'm for you, CJ, is I'm 90% positive that Raiders, um, the adaptation is not on Netflix, but there's a documentary about the making of it. Oh, really? And oh. I would 100% recommend that. And if you could sell, I don't think you'd be able to find the movie itself. No. Because I, at work, I was we just had to buy it. For it. You'd have to go on their website. You'd have to go on the indie the Raiders adaptation website and buy it directly. And it's like 20 bucks. But if you want to see some fucking kids like set themselves on fire and be dragged behind a fucking car as Indiana Jones, it is so fucking amazing. It is a, it, that alone. I mean, even Spielberg, who is very aware of it said, I it is the best form of flattery that George and I have ever received. And I think he even said like, I think they made a better movie than there I did because I think, He's like, I made a fucking, I made the movie for eighty million dollars. They did it with their imagination and like eight grand. I think they made it than us. I think your earphones just died. Yeah, that's all right. We're almost done. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. There you go. There it this is. This is a documentary. I'll have to watch this. Yeah, you're really gonna like this. I can't watch it right now, but there you go. That's gotta be it, right? That is. That this is it. So I, in preparation for me getting ready to do the indie stuff because I really didn't think I could put indie like I couldn't put Temple of Doom on TV at work because that's just really dark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I put, I put this on as an alternative. Okay. So honestly, like I'm all indied out. Um, I mean, that, that's the ultimate irony is that it is an indie film for an indie film. Yeah. <laughs> right there, you go. I know, and I know you're a big fan of Indiana Jones, so I'm, I'm glad we got to do this for you. I know you've been wanting to do this for a while now, and so here we are. 
I'm I'm excited to put the post credit scene together because I know what I'm doing for it already. So, and I got to give you props for the for the last post the PS scene the post credit scene that you did uh, for Clerks the previous episode. Uh, you like that one, <laughs> hey, dude? For for those who didn't catch that, and first of all, you all need to listen to every episode. There's always a post credit scene always. where we have an inside joke where we call where he took an audio clip of me saying "damn it." And he uh, he usually makes a joke with it. So if we're talking about DC, like the D or Batman, he'll be like, you know, he must have friends. And they hear me go, damn it! Like your Batman, give me some shit. Like, do you? Believe yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the, the Batman one was one of the ones I'm most proud of, where the Joker says, um, "We're destined to do this forever," but it's Heath Ledger doing it, and then it cuts, and you go, damn it, because we all know what happened to Heath Ledger. So right. That's one of my um, favorite ones, actually. So when you did the fucking most recent one about clerks, after I listened to it, I was on my way to work and I was finishing up the episode to just because he wants me. I always that's really when I listen to it is when I'm on my way to work because I drive thirty minutes each way, so it kills a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about five minutes away from work and I called CJ up and I said, "You are a sick bastard." <laughs> Yes, you did. He reacted He's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I just listened to the fucking. I just finished the episode. You are a sick fucking asshole. You fucking. <laughs> and you want me to ruin it, CJ? No, go ahead. Yeah, because I don't know how many people have heard it or not. So the episode was all about Clerks, and for those who know about the movie Clerks, usually you'll know there's an alternate ending, which is Dante the clerk gets shot by a bank robber. So motherfucker here fucking takes the audio of his like, oh, hey, we're still closed. And then all of a sudden gunshot. And then and then you hear me go, damn it. And I'm like, you are a motherfucker. <laughs> I try. I try. No, I, have one, was, I, I have one plan I, for this, too. It's a little more fun, but I have one plan for this one already. So I've got to give you credit. Like CJ is a fucking is is a genius when it comes to these like i will throw in my two cents where i say hey i've got a suggestion for the damn it and then 90 percent of the time he will find one that is really better or obscure or just fits it perfectly yeah and i'm like all right that was better there's been a couple times where i'm like oh fuck i thought yeah. mine was better but okay it's fine right they're, yeah I'm, they're not all gonna be winners like the one that came out so as people know we record on sundays and we also release new episodes on sundays so our newest episode is the um, uh, it's kind of a news and nuts. I call it a global exploration because we do end up talking <laughs> about the Golden Globes at the end. But right. um, we also explore the world of things and teaser, although it will have already been out. We make a connection from Clerks to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back that may have never been made before. I'm I'm curious to hear that, but um, I did end up just going with the, and I'll I'll spoil this one because it's not a great one. But I did the I got nothing from that I've used a couple times, right? Because I I really had nothing for that one, dude. I struggled. So yeah, definitely that that, that's that's the best you could do when you were like, ah, eh, fuck it. I I have a good one for we're gonna be live commentating the Oscars in probably about. I think it's three weeks from now is when it comes out. I think um, they're about to announce the nominations, I think, this Tuesday. Maybe, but the, the the Oscars themselves are the last Sunday in February, so we're not that far away. No. Um, When's your birthday again? Uh, I'll tell you. Um, oh. But, yeah. Um, 
we're doing the Oscars, and I know what I'm doing for that one. Like after we're done the the episode. Thank you for that, though. I I I because Mike, our guest on the Clerks episode, even said to me after we recorded, "Oh shit, we never talked about the alternate ending," and mm-hmm. I didn't tell him what I was gonna do for the closing for the post credit scene. I didn't tell him that, and but what I also didn't share with him or with you is that I purposely. So, as people realize, I kind of steer the show a little bit. Not that you don't, but if if there's one of us that kind of drives the ship a little bit, it's more me than than you. I, I think Steph said it once, like, you are the director and I'm the actor. Okay, I don't think I've heard her say that, but that's that's a good good way to put it. And so I made it a point to steer away from that alternate ending as much as humanly possible so I could drop it at the post credit scene. Yeah. So it was a good time. It was a good episode. By the way, Mike will be back with us for our Back to the Future episode, which is another Spielberg thing, even though he didn't direct them. But he's produced he produced all three of them, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and he's I'm sure he was involved with the writing to some degree, maybe not as a credit, but I'm sure input in, into it is what I'm saying. He, he had his say. Because I know that's why he was hesitant to have the DeLorean in Ready Player One. It's just as much as a Mecca's film as it is a Spielberg film. Oh, it's without very, question. Very, they're very, very connected. Yeah, yeah, without question. I'm not trying to take away. Together. They, did, they did a really good work together. I want them to do another one together. There's talk of a another... They've talked about doing another Back to the Future. I don't want them to, but there's no, talk of I don't mean them doing another Back to the Future. I just want Zemeckis and Spielberg to do something together. All right, I think we said plenty. If if we get any more into fucking Indiana Jones, I'm going to belong in a fucking museum. <laughs> Goodbye. Hiya, everyone. Stephanie here with a few thank yous and FYIs on how you can get in touch with and follow Podescue. Oh, yeah, and the guys. Let's start with a huge shout-out thanks to Dubbed in English for the opening theme music, 96 Reasons. If you're trying to find them online, they've dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, really, their music is offline now, so send an email request to podeskew at gmail.com or CJ's Twitter handle at M underscore Blade, and he'll throw you a copy of the full song and or the whole EP, Plan 9. Also, let's give a big thanks to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme, Askew. I encourage you to discover more of Samuel's masterfully manipulated rhythms on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash lemons. I don't know how you're listening to this now, but you can find other Podeskew episodes in several places, starting with iTunes and Stitcher, where a quick high star rating from you goes a long way in helping us hit the top of the charts. Or you may prefer Google Play Music. Don't want to be strapped down by an app? Then find us on podcast search engine, Listen Notes. Type in P-O-D, A-S-K-E-W, yes, that's all one word, into any of the aforementioned searches, and Podeskew will pop right up on whatever screen you're using. And of course, there's our founding site that started it all, Podcast Garden, at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash Podeskew. By the by, if you're looking to host your own show, Podcast Garden is the ideal place for all your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Now, if you want to agree with or yell at the guys directly, follow them and the show on Twitter for the show at pod askew for Rico at rants Rico. And again, CJ is at M underscore blade. Finally, 
let's not forget our biggest thank you is to you for listening, subscribing, rating on iTunes and Stitcher, and promoting our show by being our fans. CJ and Rico truly appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. That belongs in a museum. So do you. Sigues estando protegido. Este otoño estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. 